Welcome to Extra Virgin, a podcast for gourmands who love to travel and travellers who love good food. I'm your host, Natasha Mirosh, an insatiably curious food and travel writer who's toured and tasted her way around more than 60 countries. Join me now as I meet the passionate people who make travelling the world so rewarding and so very delicious. Hey there, thanks for joining me for this episode of Extra Virgin Food and Travel. You know, I've been lucky enough to travel the world and have been to some incredible places, but having to pretty much stay put for the last two years, thanks COVID, I've had the opportunity to explore my own backyard a bit more. The place I call home, Queensland in Australia, is just starting to welcome visitors back. So I thought it would be a great time to chat to someone who knows it even better than I do. My guest, Shelley Winkle, is the consumer PR leader, Australia, New Zealand for Tourism Events Queensland. And she is genuinely passionate about sharing her considerable knowledge of the state with everyone. She has seen it all. And today we're going to chat all things Queensland and find out what Shelley reckons are the absolute best bits about the Sunshine State. And I can guarantee from many previous conversations with Shelley that even if you are local, there is always some golden nugget, some offbeat destination or experience that she will share that you won't have known about. Welcome, Shelley. Thanks for joining me. Thanks, Natasha. Looking forward to it. Shelley, we have a fair number of international listeners too who may not know a lot about the the state. Can you situate it for us? First of all, if you're an international listener, welcome back to Queensland. We can't wait to see you here and you're in for a treat. Mm -hmm. There's so much to do in Queensland. But in terms of where we're located, if you can imagine the map of Australia as kind of a football, we're in the northeast, so the top right-hand corner, and Queensland is a huge state. So it is basically it's about five times the size of Japan, I think it is. But we have on one side, we face the Pacific Ocean and the Great Barrier Reef runs all the way down the state of Queensland. And then there's the Great Dividing Range, which is a a mountain range that starts way up north and literally runs the whole length of the, the country. And on the other side of the range, we've got what we call our outback, which is our huge wheat plains and our desert and our beautiful big red out space in the outback. So that's the state of Queensland. So Shelley, we're going to have a good off the beaten track adventure in a bit. But to start off with, let's look at Queensland from a first-timer's tourist point of view. There are certain things, and they're touristy for a good reason, that you just need to see or do on your first visit to Queensland, especially if your time is limited. What are they, in your opinion? That is the hardest question anyone could ask me. (laughs) So I'm going to take a deep dive into what I love. And look, first off, if you've never been to Australia I would recommend you have to go to Cairns. Now, Cairns has the wow factor. It's the only place on this planet where two world heritage sites actually collide. Mm. So you've got the Great Barrier Reef and the wet tropics rainforest. And look, it's the only place where you can swim with a dwarf minke whale. You can walk in the footsteps of some of the longest living cultures and you can see the tree kangaroo up there. That's amongst so many other things. So for nature-chasing travellers, it's our green space. It's where the Daintree rainforest exists. So if you've not heard of it, it's a 140-million-year-old rainforest that has this kind of Shrek green canopy, and it's the size of the whole of Sydney. 
And in this rainforest is just the most unimaginable world. It's kind of like an avatar world where there's like 150 types of trees, there's hiking trails. It's a great place to go if you're seeking calm. It's a good place to go if you want to get a sweat up and go for a hike. And it's a place where like the life unhurried just waits for you up there. And of course, it's right on the Great Barrier Reef as well. So you've got so many options to see the green tract But then on the other side is the Great Barrier Reef. Now, Mm. this is where a lot of people kind of think the Great Barrier Reef starts. It actually starts a little bit further north in Queensland, but it's probably the most popular jump-off point to the Great Barrier Reef. And I can't even begin to tell you how much this place amazes me every single time that I dive or snorkel the reef. And if you're a diver, this is the place to go because just north of Cairns is what we call the Ribbon Reefs. And it's like the Wild West of the reef where the creatures get more and more bizarre looking. They get bigger, they get bolder, they get brighter in colour. And every time you go underwater and put your head under, it's just this incredible biosphere that seriously, the only other thing that would be like it to me is flipping open a Dr. Zeus book and looking at those characters. (laughs) That's what you see underwater. I went about four or five years ago and... The, the deeper you went as you followed a bommy, so a bommy is kind of like a reef site and you kind of track around the reef site. The deeper you go, the crazier the creatures are. They're just, they've got, you know, feathers, they've got colours, they swim. It, it is really like a Pixar movie. It's really cool. And even if you don't dive, the snorkeling is incredible. So Cairns is one of my passion points. So if you're coming here for the first time to Queensland or even to Australia, I would definitely say head to Cairns. Mm. It's probably not, I know Natasha, you've been out on the reef. It's Mm -hmm. probably not the only place that people can get to the reef, but it's the place that a lot of internationals go to. I'll let you in on a secret. My actual favourite place on the Great Barrier Reef is the Southern Great Barrier Reef. It's just completely different. It's kind of a reef within reach. It's quieter, calmer, less tourists, and it's probably more of a subtropical environment. So I had the greatest joy of spending five days there over Christmas two years ago, and I spent it on Heron Island and Seriously, it was like diving into an aquarium. Mm. I I would wake up every day at five o'clock. I'd get out of bed, walk around the island, see probably half a dozen of these giant mama turtles nesting, um, dragging their huge bodies up the beach to lay a hundred or so eggs. There were birds everywhere. And then you'd put on a snorkel and fins and just step off the beach and there were lemon sharks. There were wobbegongs. There were fish life of every colour possible and it was all just something that you could get to by stepping off the beach and that's located Heron Island is one of a handful of island resorts located in the southern part of the Great Barrier Reef so kind of within driving distance of Brisbane Mm. and then take a a boat out to the reef so one of my favourite areas. And Brisbane our fair capital. I reckon that people don't factor in enough time here because while it's a pretty chilled city, there's a lot to see and do, isn't there? Oh, gosh. Well, I'm in my 50s and I was born in Brisbane and I'm still discovering it. So how long do you need? (laughs) Mm, Could be (laughs) a few decades, but I would factor in at least three days to, to touch on the city. And first off, every traveler should do, there's two things I'd say. Number one, 
jump on a Brisbane Greeters tour. Oh, yes. So Brisbane Greeters, have you done one of these? I have. It's, it, it's fantastic and quite amazing that it's free. Yeah, absolutely free. So these tours are held by volunteers who have some kind of passion for the city. So you might decide to do one of their generic tours, which is the history of Brisbane. And in two hours, you'll get an oversight by walking around the city. Or you can actually ring them up and say, hey, I'm really into bridges. Is there anyone in your team who can do a tour of the seven bridges that cross the river <laughs> and they'll actually do a bespoke tour for you. So I've also done that in the past on mm. some really quirky, crazy topics and really it got so much more about unearthing the city, but definitely do a Brisbane greeters tour. Mm. And we spoke about the river and this is the other way. If you want to know Brisbane, you have to explore the river. It is this snaking serpentine kind of a slow flowing river that goes right through the city and it cuts these amazing peninsulas and everywhere you turn there's a new suburb or there's a new reason to jump off and to discover the river the best thing to do is to get on a city cap which is one of our ferries that plies from the east to the west and you jump on and jump off and explore the little precincts as you go something like probably about 14 or 15 kilometers of river that way you really travel as a local and you get to, to see more than just the inner city area. And there's a lot of hubs that you can get off and, and discover the cultural areas or the, I guess, the heritage areas of Brisbane. So yeah, they're two things, but there's mm. a heap more that I would recommend. Just sitting off Brisbane, very few people think of Brisbane as a jump off point for these incredible islands. Mm. And yet just off our shores, 75 minutes by ferry, are these islands that make you feel like you're in Hawaii without mm. all the, the high rises. So you've got Minjeraba, which is North Stradbroke Island, Morton Island, and, and these are, have amazing tracks of white sand surf. And it, it feels like you're stepping back into the 1950s or 1960s because there's limited cars and just gorgeous to hang out for the day. And it's all about nature there, isn't it? I mean, there's, there's bush and beach, basically. It's beautiful. And if you're into surfing and fishing, they're the two spots that I'd highly recommend you get to. I did recently, Ish, a fantastic day tour from Brisbane down the river into the bay and went to Tangaluma Resort on Morton Island where they have the, the Tangaluma wrecks, which are some scuttled ships and you can go and snorkel in, in amongst the wrecks and oh my god it was absolutely incredible and I saw a dugong which was on my wildlife mm. hit list I was desperate to see a dugong and I can't believe I saw one in you know practically my own backyard so it was so exciting such a great day out you've got one up on me I've never seen a dugong it's on the list but I have to say when I go to Tangaluma I have no idea how or why but there's 40 meter high sand dunes and every time I've done sand tobogganing on these dunes, you basically lie on a plank mm. and it's it probably costs two bucks mm. from the local hardware store. <laughs> you lift your head up, your feet up, and you set off on these sand dunes. And I don't know why, but every time I do it, I go the furthest. So I can't wait for it to come into the Olympics because I'm going to be a gold medalist. <laughs> you'll have a lot of competition from Queenslanders there, I think, Shelley, but I'm sure you'll do well. <laughs> 
Now let's talk about food in Brisbane because there are some fantastic dining options out there. Mm. And I think of the whole country, we do the casual fine dining absolutely perfectly. That's got a lot to do with our climate. Mm. We do tend to be laid back, more laconic, more Mm. casual, more cheery. And we love to dine outdoors and we don't like the fuss. As Queenslanders, we're kind of confident with who we are. We don't need to have somebody bowing to us or or mm. stiff. We want to sit outside, enjoy the fabulous climate we've got, some of the best views, like to chew with a view is the best thing you can do <laughs> in Queensland. And we love our restaurants to be overlooking the river mm. or if you venture down to the Sunshine Coast or Gold Coast, overlooking the beach. We still want that quality, though. You know, we still expect and get really, really good food, which is what I love so much about eating in Brisbane. I think, so some of my favourites, I love Agnes, in which everything is cooked over an open flame and it's it's dark and moody and romantic and fun. You know, it's a little bit loud and good fun. Of course, all those restaurants on the river like Otto. Otto. How good is Otto? Mm. Particularly at sunset. You have to go there at the witching hour (laughs) and watch watch the the whole city light up. Yeah, that one's a bit of a Mm. fave of mine too. Yeah, and of course, we've got all that lovely, those lovely restaurants in Fish Lane. Everybody's spilling out onto the pavement like Julius Pizza and Southside, which is modern Asian, and you kind of sit in this lush tropical garden to eat which is great fun what about you what are some of your faves well look you can't go past the the iconic and i guess the trophy destination of the moment howard smith walks so i can still remember being on my bike when it was literally an abandoned area underneath Mm. the cliffs and riding really fast fast forward to now three four years later after it's been developed this is just basically the hub of brisbane it is just non-stop people bustling around there's overwater bars there's restaurants and again if you go there particularly at the witching hour as i call it that 5 p.m to 6 p.m time slot when the sun sets and the sun's literally casting its pink shadows on the city and it's like the whole city is just lit up like one of those biblical moments (laughs) where everything's shining on it and the the, the river's twinkling and there's a lot of laughter and there look I love Stanley Hong Kong restaurant I love the food Greca the Greek food but if you're going to go casual felons for the the fantastic local craft beer is great as well. Yeah, it's a, a definitely a great spot. We do like our dining precincts, don't we? We've got areas as well like James Street that has lots of different restaurants in it as well. And even for me, I live in Paddington, an inner city suburban area, very old, probably about a 120-year-old neighbourhood. There's plenty of little restaurants that are kind of sitting on top of a ridge overlooking the city or the suburbs with Mm. beautiful views but you're sitting in something that's heritage and casual and fun like this kettle and tin and remy's so Mm. they're a lot of fun and that's what I would pop to most weeks when I don't want to go into the city for a big night out. Well I'm surprised I haven't run into Shelley because I live very near you. (laughs) (laughs) Have to do something about that. True we'll have to organise that one. Definitely. What about Shelley what about the arts? There is a very outdated perception that Queensland isn't very cultural but that's patently untrue isn't it? Let's have a brief roundup of what might interest culture vultures not just in Brisbane but Queensland wide. Well 
This one's really interesting. This one goes to my heart and I don't know where to start. But if we start at Brisbane and we look at the cultural kilometre of South Bank. So this was the site of Expo 88 40 years ago. It has been completely overhauled and rejuvenated and you can basically spend a day or two there alone, starting at one end with the Gallery of Modern Art, which is spectacular. And right at this moment, there's there's an incredible exhibition on called Asia Pacific Triennial. Mm. And just art from all around Asia are on show for a few months. I go there, I probably go there once every once every one or two months. Mm. There's the Queensland Performing Arts Centre. Go see a show. Queensland Ballet. Now this one, I I you know, I don't I don't get overwhelmed when I see famous people, but there's one person I do get overwhelmed <laughs> by. The artistic director is Lee Shwing Sing, and mm. I hope I've pronounced that right. Now, if you love your movies and you love your books, you'll know that he is the character or the main character from Mao's Last Dancer. Yep. So it's you know, he basically is now heading up our Queensland Ballet and has done amazing things for it. So the, the level of dance here is just unbelievable. Mm. But also with Queensland and Brisbane, we have these incredible authors that you wouldn't believe. So right now, the darling of Australia, Trent Dalton, we all know him from Boy Swallows Universe. He wrote his book based on Brisbane. There's Kate Morton, Nick Earls. So there's this really awesome mm. community, artistic community here in Brisbane. And probably the other thing that I think people don't think of Brisbane, and they should, is our music scene. Oh, yeah. The live music that is played in Brisbane is phenomenal. Mm. And there's this whole remastering of our city And it started with a lot of buildings that have been created specifically to encourage musicians Mm -hmm. and artists to come and perform in front of live crowds. So just around where, Natasha, where you and I live, Lefty's Mm -hmm. Old Time Music Hall, you Mm -hmm. can head up there for some really good music. The Fortitude Hall, Mm -hmm. the bassist from Powderfinger invested in that right in the valley. And actually, Saturday night, I went to the Tivoli and Mm -hmm. saw a Queen remake. So live music at the Tivoli, a grand 1920s theatre. Amazing to see performances that can fit about 400 people in. And and Brisbane's got this everywhere, all around Fortitude Valley. We have what we call in September, Big Sound. Mm. So it's this festival where all rising musicians come together from around the country and they get up and they do performances, three song performances. And you can go across probably 20 different venues to to see the latest in music. And that plays out time and again, but particularly in September during Big Sound. And it's kind of a nod to our heritage of music. Because mm. we have, of course, in Brisbane, many of Australia's best indie bands came from Brisbane. So we're very proud of that as well. Who would your favourite Brisbane band be? Oh, look, you can't go past Powderfinger, really, can you? <laughs> you know, the you, can even, you can even go back further. Mm. Let's go back to Bee Gees. Oh, gosh, yes. Wow. <laughs> my grandmother used to babysit the Bee Gees when they were babies. So there you go. That's my no claim to fame. No way. <laughs> <laughs> Shelley, one thing that is absolutely true about Queensland is that it's very big And if you want to really explore at your leisure, you will probably need a car. So let's talk about road trips. I've been doing quite a few more of them in the last few years and really exploring, particularly doing Outback Queensland, which I have just fallen in love with. 
But can you give us your top three road trip itineraries? That one is pretty easy for me. I would say Mm -hmm. top of the list, it's a looped trip and it goes from Brisbane. You go 700 kilometres northwest to Carnarvon Gorge, basically travelling through our more Arab country until you get to this gorge that is like an oasis Mm. and it's full of knee-deep creeks that you can hike along for something like 80 kilometres, beautiful camping spots out there, beautiful lodges as well. Spend a few days hiking and then drive another 400 kilometres east to the Southern Great Barrier Reef. And I spoke to you before about Heron Island, but there's quite a few reef islands out there. Maybe stay on Great Keppel Island or Lady Elliot Island and then get back to the mainland and then drive south to back to Brisbane. So it's this wonderful loop. It Mm. would take 10 days, 12 days to do it properly and you get the best of the outback and the reef. So Mm. that would probably be my top uh, drive. I've done it four times and I'll continue to do it. If you want an epic journey and one where you kind of say, yep, I've seen Queensland, I'd say Brisbane all the way up the Pacific coast to Cairns. You will need two weeks to do this. It is about 16, 1700 kilometres, but you'll stop off at little towns that time forgot, chances to get to the beach. You'll see tourism attractions that don't rate it on on the global level, but once you get there, the warmth of the the country folk, you'll, you'll want to go back again. And that will take in reef, rainforest, a little bit of the outback as well. So that's a gorgeous big one. And then the third one, really close to home, one that I've done recently is just a day trip or an overnight trip to what we call the scenic rim. So this, have you been there? I I go there often. And in fact, I was, I did, I did a trip a couple of weeks ago. I love it. Yes. It's every, it's so big and you can choose different parts of it and have a completely different experience. Yeah. It's so, it's, it's only about 60 to 90 minutes drive from Brisbane. And it's like this cauldron of these mountains that are formed in a necklace and in the cauldron sits this fertile valley where you can go visit farmers. The scenic rim farm box has just popped up recently where you can have a beautiful meal, pick flowers and do a a sip and pick class at at the florist there. You can visit restaurants like the Overflow Estate overlooking a dam, pop into Awasi sheep farm and have some beautiful cheese under the avocado groves. So it's it's a place to go and meet the, the it's agritourism for us. And mm. it's a place where you can meet the locals in these charming heritage towns. And you can spend a day there or you can spend a week there. It's just gorgeous. And it's very, very close to Brisbane. Mm. In fact, one of my new favourite restaurants is in the scenic rim at Boona. It's called Bloom. And it's, it only seats 20, so it's very, very small. And it's a Brisbane chef who's decided to make a tree change. And he's opened in this old heritage shop, it looks like. And it's a degustation only, you know, whatever the chef is preparing. And it's fantastic. So definitely worth a day trip out there for that. You're the third person who's mentioned that to me <laughs> this week. And I've got to get out there. I recently went to Hazelwood Estate yeah. and had a meal out there. Now, that was gorgeous. I had the degustation dinner mm. and it was just beautiful overlooking the, the polo field of all yeah. things. So that was stunning as well. Yeah. No, I've done that one as well. It was great. Now, Shelley, one of the things you will see a lot of in Queensland, Australia's unique wildlife 
And actually, one of the, the things that is still on my list that I haven't seen is a cassowary. So I'd love to do that. What are some of the places you can go to get up close with some of our fantastic wildlife? Those cassowaries, they are on my list as well. <laughs> the, the giant 50 kilogram birds that have that amazing blue neck and red wattle. Interesting you should say that because I tried so hard to see one at Mission Beach and it was the funniest day I've ever had. The locals kept saying, oh, you should head off there. So I'd get in the car and I'd go (laughs) and try and find one or I went through a forest walk. I think I was making too much noise and didn't quite see one. So it's on my list as well. That's way up north near Cairns in the rainforest area. But if I was going to say anywhere for seeing animals, I'd have to go back to one of those beautiful tropical island resorts in the Southern Great Barrier Reef. Mm. And I've mentioned Heron Island. I'd also mention Lady Elliot or Lady Musgrave Island. And these islands are just teeming with amazing bird species. And Literally, the islands are ringed by a lagoon that you couldn't get anything more colourful than what exists there in the fish life. And those turtles Mm. come to Queensland during turtle nesting and turtle hatching season, which is from November through to March. And you will see turtles everywhere. It's almost, I mean, gosh, it's like turtle soup. They're (laughs) everywhere out there in the ocean. So the, the nature and the wildlife here in Queensland, there's just an abundance of it. So you'll see it everywhere you go. I saw one of my friends who lives at, or we called it Shavi when we were out there actually to make it sound a bit posher, but at Charleville, which (laughs) is in the west of Queensland in the outback, they have a bilby breeding program there. And bilbies for our international listeners are, how would you describe them, Shelley? They're mammals and they're marsupials. They are like possums, but they've got long ears like rabbits, much cuter. And there's only about, in Queensland, they were down to only about 400 left. So that's a really important breeding program that we've got out at Charleville where they breed them and then they're released into a fenced-in area that's probably about 25 kilometres square so that the foxes are kept out and these little critters have a chance to to survive, I guess. And it's if you get a chance to see them, it's amazing because they are nocturnal, pretty hard to see them during the day. One of them had given birth to twins. It was on my Instagram Aww. feed, so they're, they're very, very cute. They're so cute. Yeah. Very, very cute. Yeah. And, of course, everybody wants to see kangaroos and they're pretty ubiquitous, but where would be a good place to take that perfect Instagram shot with your kangaroos? Look, you can't go past some of the animal sanctuaries that we have here in Queensland. They're they're phenomenal. They're well cared for. I would, Australia Zoo, fabulous. Uh, Kurumban Wildlife Sanctuary down on the Gold Coast is equally gorgeous. If you want to see them in the wild, the number one place I, I would recommend everyone go to is Cape Hillsborough in Mackay and the kangaroos and wallabies come down to the shoreline every morning at sunrise to feed on the kelp that washes up on the shore so that makes for spectacular Instagram shots. Mm, Can't get more Australian than a kangaroo on a beach can you? Not at all (laughs) that's it. (laughs) Well let's talk about some unusual accommodation options because we do have some in Queensland don't we? Tell us about some of your favourites. Hands down it would be what we call reef sleep. So the chance to camp on top of a pontoon 80 kilometres out to sea, surrounded by the Great Barrier Reef. So reef sleep's located off the the coast of the Whitsundays and, and you depart from Airlie Beach. 
basically at night, all the tourists go home at three o'clock and you're left on this giant pontoon. Nothing but the what the birds that are out there are called boobies and terns, you, the sun setting and nothing all around. It's absolute silence. It's one of the most spectacular things I've ever done. But I slept in the tent on the top of the pontoon and they're luxurious tents, by the way. They're, they're queen-size beds. They've got lights. They've got places to pack your suitcases and so it's quite luxurious mm. you're not plebbing it <laughs> but if you really want to take it a step higher then there are two rooms that are underneath the sea and oh, these wow. ones are called reef suites so you're literally uh, floor to ceiling glass that looks straight out to bomby sites and the fish life going past and you're sleeping underneath the wow. great barrier reef that's got to be up there as one of the, the top things that you can do that's incredible. And I think, honestly, if you can afford it, the other thing to do in Queensland is rent out an island, play like yeah. a rock star and <laughs> rent an island for yourself exclusively. And they come in all price ranges. Mm. So you can rent this island called Pumpkin Island for you and 30 friends, I think it can take. And it's it's one of the cutest islands, great squelchy sand ringed by incredible snorkeling or you can go super high end and stay at something like Orpheus Island or Haggerston Island or Badara Island which costs thousands and thousands of dollars but obviously those memories will last forever and you get that higher level of attention and care and of course fantastic food will be served. And I think one other that I've stayed in that I really loved is out west of Cairns, southwest of Cairns, there's a place called Andara, which is experiences built around probably the what they call is the world's largest lava tubes. And, you know, you can go and explore those lava tubes and it's like stepping into a David Attenborough documentary. You have all these wonderful tours. But at night you stay in a converted Queensland train carriage which is pretty epic. Yeah, that sounds really cool. Well, one of the other things that Queensland has is a very strong Indigenous tourism heritage and it's really worth, I think, taking advantage of local knowledge by having a tour. Can you just run us through a couple of the Indigenous experiences that you can have in Queensland, Shelley? So this is something I'm very, very passionate about to try and understand the First Nations mm. people for, for, from Queensland. And as I said before, we are lucky. Up in Cairns, we have where, uh, you mentioned where the reef meets the rainforest and the people up there are called the Kukuyalanji people. And there's an incredible, there's actually three or so really cool tours out of there. But the one that I love is you go out with a gentleman called Juan Walker from Adventure Walkabout. Now, he has the permission from the elders to walk along the tribal mudflats during low tide and you go out with him and this is, seriously, this is the world's oldest supermarket. You walk with Juan, he teaches you how to use a spear and that's a bit of fun in itself. I have done that tour and I was very embarrassed that, of course, I didn't catch anything, but that was that's one of the best things I've ever done as well. But... Uh, one of the participants was a five-year-old and he got a crab. He speared a crab and mm. none of the adults did. <laughs> I can tell you we practised on a coconut. A <laughs> coconut was very safe. The, the spear landed nowhere near it. So, <laughs> But what I love about this, you, you don't think there's anything out there and then you go out with one and you're lifting, you're, you're going through the mangrove and you're fossicking around and you're pulling out muscles, you're 
pulling out periwinkles, there's crabs, and then one takes that back to his family home and that gets cooked up the way that his family have been traditionally cooking it, plus a little bit of uh, spice from Asia. And it's just an incredible experience to spend three hours or so with a traditional owner who can explain the culture, the legends, and you get out in this beautiful environment as well. So that would be one of my favourite. And that one teaches you a lot about Mm. the people who have been living in our country for 60,000 years. But there's another tour down in Brisbane that I absolutely adore. It's a little bit gritty. It can kind of rock the comfort zone, but it's called Spirits of the Red Sand. And um, this one is about a slice of history in the 19th century or when white settlers clashed, I guess, with the Indigenous owners. And it's a roving theatre performance uh, and it's performed by, I guess, descendants of the people who have been mentioned in court papers and newspapers and they recreate what it was like for them during that period. And it's very eye-opening and you walk away with a lot more understanding. But at the end, there's a wonderful performance put on. What I love about this is you actually get to ask some of those probably uncomfortable Mm -hmm. questions The performers are average people who have jobs during the day and then at night they're using this as a platform to teach us a little bit more about their life. And it's you walk away with so much more understanding and I love that. Mm. And probably the third one that I really love is up on the Sunshine Coast, which is Saltwater Eco Experience. And this is a a Torres Strait Islander man, Simon, and he'll take you out on a 100-year-old catch a sailing vessel and on board the catch as he's he's driving it around the canals he has a cubby cubby person who points out the legends that you see or points out some of the the natural topography that you see and then explains the folklore and the legend behind it so it's a really fun day and you're eating beautiful prawns caught from the lullabar it's it's a wonderful day out so that would be my third fave as well well finally Shelley let's give everyone some new entries for their bucket list there are quite a lot of really unique things you can do only in Queensland what are some of those things? There's a few that I can think of. Number one, swim with the minke whales. Oh. So these whales were only discovered probably about 30 years ago and no one knows where they come from or why they're there. But every year for six weeks, these beautiful, curious, inquisitive, nine-metre-long whales come in and swim around the reefs up off Cooktown and Port Douglas. And you can be off the back of a boat all with the Environmental Protection Agency Authority hanging onto a rope and they literally come up close to you and eyeball you. It is the most magical experience. It's up there with the Everest of all natural experiences as far as I'm concerned. They, they're so curious. They swim by and you can see them looking at you in the eye and then they'll swim past again. So definitely swimming with the minke whales. In the outback, one of the surprising things that few people know is we have probably more dinosaurs in Queensland's outback than, I, I don't know, in the whole southern hemisphere. And you can dig a dino. So these are, are chances to get out with professionals and you can try and find the dino bones and then they get pieced together. Or you can prep a dinosaur. So you go through a little bit of a, um, a learning session and then you can spend hours or even weeks uh, working 
to build these dinosaurs and they take forever to, to recreate them back to their life size scale. But that's pretty epic. It's surrounded by this majestic red earth, um, friendly people. So that's a really great experience. And then I'd probably say there's one other, which is on the Sunshine Coast, about an hour's north of Brisbane, and that's getting into the Everglades. And this is one of only two Everglades systems in the world. And you get a chance to either kayak or take a boat through this labyrinth of slow-moving river systems. And just to be under these big weeping trees and you've got the river that reflects all around you, it's 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 like going into some kind of Tolkien uh, Tolkien-esque kind of environment that's so green and so beautiful and very, very close to Brisbane City as well and easy to get to. So that'll be my three top things to do. Uh, well, as usual, Shelley, when I talk to you, I end up with a whole head full of things that I uh, look forward to doing. And I honestly don't know anybody who's more passionate about Queensland than you are. And you have travelled the world. Yeah, I, I've spent years and years overseas um, and I still cannot believe when I step foot on our beaches and the sand is so white and so squelchy and I think wow why did I travel the world looking for best beaches they were here it's right here and it's gorgeous so if you're listening book that ticket get up here there are so many experiences don't try and conquer it all at once leave something more for your bucket list. Well great advice there from Shelley. And listeners, if you do decide to hire a private island in Queensland for a holiday, my calendar is pretty clear for the rest of the year. I'll put links to some of the places Shelley mentioned on the website www.extravirginfoodandtravel.com. And if you're a Queenslander or a frequent visitor, I'd love to know about your favourite Queensland destinations and experiences. If you're planning a first-time visit, feel free to post any questions on the Facebook page Thank you, as always, for your company. And wherever you are in the world, bon voyage and bon appétit. You've been listening to Extra Virgin, a podcast for the Epicurious. If you'd like to be part of the conversation, you can follow Extra Virgin Food and Travel on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook. If you haven't already, go to Apple, Spotify or Google Podcasts and subscribe, rate and leave a review.